Hello, chump and chumpettes, and welcome to the second episode of a Next Gen podcast. And today, it's really quite an interesting episode, I gotta say. Before this, I never heard of this game. I never played this game. Heck, I don't even know where my guest today found this game, but we will find out. Like I said, today is my first time playing the game, but it may not be yours. Telling from the title, if you didn't know already, the game at hand is Dark Watch. This game came out August 16th in 2005 in North America for the PS2 and Xbox. But before me and my buddy get into this western horror-esque world, I want to let you know what's in store for the next episodes we have lined up. Tenchu Wrath of Heaven, Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, Halo 2, and some other great ones are planned all the way into the new year. I enjoy doing this and making these podcasts and just chatting with my buddies about games. I'm normally antisocial and I have trouble communicating with people, so this is one great way to help me reconnect with my friends. And I figured, fuck it, why don't we talk about games and release it online? It's a win-win situation, I think. So if you like listening to my awful fucking voice for, you know, 20 minutes to half an hour every so often, why don't you throw us a like or a follow at either Twitter or Facebook at a Next Gen Podcasts. The support really means a lot to us because we're just starting out and every little thing really makes a difference. Also, apparently reviews really help us, so leave us a five-star rating, and if you don't like the podcast, just leave the five stars and bash us in the comments. I do read through the comments. Well, enough of wasting your time. Let's get on with the topic at hand. Dark Watch. Welcome, everybody. Today I got with me Keenan, and we are looking at Dark Watch. But before we get into that, uh, today is October 5th, and there was a big announcement in Smash. How do you feel about that? <laughs> Hi, Sora! <laughs> right? I, I didn't I expect it. It was completely out of left field that they announced Sora for Smash. Yeah, well, I mean... Okay, so I, I actually am just recently into Super Smash Bros, like playing online. Ultimate's the first one I have bought for myself since N64 days. The rest has just been my friends. So I was actually looking into it on like the Reddit boards and stuff like that, and there have been leaks for it. And people are like, oh, Sora's the next uh, DLC, do the leaks. And I'm like, okay. I feel sorry for all the people who are brokenhearted. I just think it was out of left field because we didn't need another sword fighter. Like, we have so many already. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I, like, mean, I mean, I play a bit of Smash, but my brother kicks my ass. Uh, he'll be on one of the upcoming podcasts. He's yeah. uh, pretty good at it, actually. But in Ultimate, I, uh, I'm in Cloud right now, and it'll probably change to Sora. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'm, I might be changing up mains myself, but like nobody's gonna like me i started playing dragon quest 11 and i absolutely like it and now like heroes in that game and if i get him everybody will hate me yep i, I know exactly see him and be like no not my hero <laughs> <laughs> um maybe that should be a future episode is dragon quest 11 there's a lot of things i have to say about that game oh yeah it, it was my first intro into the series so yeah as far as Sora goes, though, I'm interested to see, like, 
like because I haven't seen his release or his move sets, oh, so okay. I don't, I still haven't watched that. So I'm interested to see like what they have for him. I'm wondering if like the other Keyblade wielders are skinned. No, no. Oh. I, I watched the uh, I watched the present there because it was out at seven a.m. and oh okay. They did good. They they honored him well with all of his skins, and I feel like anybody who's a fan is happy with it. The only thing yeah. I'm upset about is they should have made one of the skins Roxas. Yeah. And didn't. yeah. Instead, we got a Timeless River skin. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I mean, missed opportunity. Like, just, like, as much of a missed opportunity to be, like, like because in between the characters, there's a lot of just like basic skills that everybody knows, right? That you could just interchange for whatever attacks and specials. So you could have like a Roxas or a Riku skin, and then the Keyblade's just different. <laughs> yeah, and see the easy thing about uh, doing Roxas is it's literally the nobody of Sora, so they share the mm. same body type. Yeah, literally. All right. Well, we'll get to the topic on hand. Um, Dark Watch. So, how the fuck did you hear about this game? Because when you asked me to play it, I've never heard of it before. Uh, okay. So, Dark Watch is a game that I was introduced to through my friend. Who, like, I'm not gonna name him because I don't know how I feel about that. But like, yeah. anyways, we'll, we'll call him. Uh, I'm gonna call him Red. Okay. He's angry a lot. Uh, so, anyways, so Red runs up to me. And he's like, yo, man, you have to check out this game. It's so awesome. It'd be, like, so in tune with what we're into. Like, I love the old Western stuff. You like horror stuff. Here you go. And I flip over. I'm like, okay, it can't be that good. And I start playing through. And it's, like, starts off with uh, the train robbery scene. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Where, where you just jump. Of all things, you're just a normal human. You just decide the best way to rob this train to climb out onto a tree branch and jump at this train <laughs> and then just climbing through the top you don't and i'd like to mention too that you don't even know what's inside this train at this point no you just look pretty badass that's about it you're yeah. just going to rob this train every other yeah, like, wild west thing right yeah and then like i think that was the funniest thing of all like to me now thinking about it is that like you jump into the train and you go to set everything up by the vault you're like i'm gonna get some sick ass cash and then this chick's like no what the hell are you doing what the fuck man why <laughs> and, then you, and then the tnt blows up you look and all of a sudden this giant vampire dude just like pries the fucking vault open and he's like hello nice to meet you i'm like oh this is a much different game than i thought it was gonna be so it like immediately captured my attention how it combined the two yeah it blended it very well. It was almost seamless. I almost felt like Rockstar could have learned a little from this game to make Red Dead Undead Nightmare. Yeah, maybe too. Yeah, that would that would have definitely been cool. Because this game did have quite the story to it. Mm -hmm. You know, it like because the person you free from the chamber is Lazarus, and we won't get too much into spoiling this game. Because, yeah. again, it's not really available anywhere except for PS2. But for the few people that might want to go play it. No, it was on Xbox. Yeah, PS2 and Xbox came out in 2005. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not quite sure how expensive the game is to buy either. Or how hard it is to find. I mean, I haven't seen a copy since childhood. So <laughs> <laughs> Let's just do a quick search here. 
Yeah. You, you can get copies for 35 to $50. And some of them go a little high, but it seems like all in all, you can pick it up for 50 bucks. So that's, oh, that's not bad. It's a reasonable experience. So. Mm-hmm. Well, like what I mean by that, it's not bad. It's like, I haven't seen it since childhood. So if I could like get a piece of my childhood back for 50 bucks, cool. <laughs> oh man, you want to know a piece of my childhood? I can't get back for 50 bucks. What? The hidden gem called rule of rose. If rule you like rose. horror games, you got to go check that game out. All right. That game right now, though, is worth like $600. It must be good. I hope it's good. (laughs) Oh, right here, like 842, (laughs) 1,100, 950. And I own this game growing up, like grade eight and grade nine. Oh, and like the hindsight's kicking you in the butt right now. It is, and not just for the fact of how much it's worth. It's just, I remember the game fondly, and I would love to play it again. Oh, I get that. I get that. Like, right now, I am trying to, I have an old N64 with everything set up, but, like, just the AV cables won't work in any of the TVs I have because they're too, like, low-grade. But now you're kind of kicking yourself in the ass because, obviously, you have Ultimate, which is on the Switch, and we have 64 games coming to the Switch. Yeah, I know, but like, <laughs> it's, it's different though. Like, you know, when when you grow up playing with those systems, it's just a different feel. Like, you can play it on the Switch, sure, but if once you have like that old school controller in your hand that you know you're the only person who knows how to hold it right, because nobody ever played with <laughs> 64 controllers after us. Yeah, like <laughs> it's just it's nostalgic. It just gives you a different feeling. Yeah, I completely understand. Back to Dark Watch, eh? Like, yeah. oh, thinking about that too. Like, just like I said, just like all those other games, it just captivated my interest like right from the get go, and that's what to me always made like I'm gonna enjoy this game. It's just I go in, I look at the environment, I look at everything that's presented to me and how it's presented to me, and I'm just either like, yeah, this is really badass, or oh man. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And, and another cool thing about it was the reputation system. Like, they didn't mm-hmm. need to put that in. But, hey, you get powers and upgrades. And it's based off this reputation system of whether you're good or bad. Yeah, no, that was honestly the first introduction to me in games of a moral meter. Because usually you're just plopped in. You're like, you're the hero. Go do the hero stuff. And it's like, uh, okay, but what if I want to be evil? Like this toad guy is really starting to tick me. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that, this gives you this choice. It's like, oh, this guy has been bothering you this game. Yeah, here's your choice. Do you want to save him or not? <laughs> and and it's interesting too, because like my first introduction to a reputation system was Fable, and I'm sure it was a lot of other people's, because that's oh, yeah. the biggest example I can think of a reputation system. Yeah, that's true. And again, like some of the powers you got were like silver bullets, which make your guns do more damage. And then there was the fear causing minor enemies confusion. Yeah, run away from you. <laughs> and then there is like mystic armor, which allows you to take more damage and it's an extra shield. Um, Vindicator, which summoned bolts of lightning, destroying all the nearby enemies. Like 
some of these were very interesting powers to use. Yeah, definitely. Well, I I really liked it because I don't know if by well, you probably weren't able to experience this, but the game actually has a co-op. So like me and my buddy, we played the co-op because that was another big thing about the game. He ran to me. He's like, also, like, we can play this together, man. We could both shoot these things in the face. I'm like, oh, cool. And I would like one of us chose like the good side to see what it did. And one of us chose the evil side to see what it did. Honestly, I think the evil side was cooler, but. (laughs) Yeah, but it seemed like the uh, good path led to the better powers. Like, like, like overall, yeah, but like, I think the evil side, all but like, it's funny because the good side led you like mechanic wise, they were great, like, they would destroy everything. But if you went to the evil side and you managed to pull off like one of those moves and do like explodes of blood and everything, you're like, yeah, I feel awesome. Well, this is better than the experience points, or <laughs> and not just that, they included the, the, the fact that enemies had removable limbs. Oh, yeah, that's true. Like, like uh, I remember, okay, one of my best memories of the game is we would be, we were playing it together uh, one day and we were doing the, you know, the level where they have all the skeletons pop up on the mountain ledges and you have to yeah. snipe at them. Yeah. I remember like sniping a dude right in the shoulder and his arm flew off and he kind of just looked down at his arm. He's like, bastard. And then he looked back up and I shoot him in the head. (laughs) But like that interaction itself, the enemy is like, ah, you fuck, you shot my arm. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it was great. Like no other games really gave me that. Like, like in other like first person shooters, say like Halo, right? You would like go and you punch one of the soldiers and they'd be like, hey, stop that. And you'd kill them and it'd be like, hey, stop that. (laughs) And it'd all be the same thing. And then eventually they just shoot you. There wouldn't be like directed dialogue at you, really. Aside from the grunts. I mean, the grunts were the funniest thing of Halo. Yeah, that's true. And that and that's the same thing with these enemies. Like the grunts uh, were the ones that uh, mainly talked to you. Um, I think you could get a few voice lines from the Banshees, too. Yeah, I, I don't remember. I didn't pay that much attention. I was trying to fly through this. Because I remember my friend was telling me, like, uh, I'm pretty sure Dark Watch and Halo released around the same time. I could be wrong about that, though. But um, my buddy was, com- I know my buddy was definitely comparing the two. And he, the reason he liked Halo so much over it, I think, was because, like, Halo was equipment-wise vastly superior, where this game, it was more, like, power-wise. Well, it, it was your big game payoff. Halo 1 came out in 2001, which was four years sooner, so it would have been around the Halo 2, because Halo 2 came yeah, out in Halo 2004. Two, then, yeah. yeah, there so, we go. I knew it was one of them. It's a little hard to compete with Halo 2 because it is, like, one of the better ones yeah it was really hard to compete with halo 2 with any shooter that's for sure (laughs) but like the fact that like he was even considering it because he was like by that time he was a diehard halo fan i was like wow this game must have really made an impression on you and that's why like in my childhood like that's why i wanted to bring it up to you because i think it was a really missed shooter it was like a really overlooked like even it, when you go through the whole story, too, like I think it was just really overlooked and how everything happens and plays out. I think it was a really good narrative. It was definitely an underrated shooter for sure. 
because everybody was busy with the halos and the gears. Was mm-hmm. gears out by then? I don't Ooh. remember. I think gears was either out or came out shortly after. 2006 is when gears yeah, first came after. out. So a year after. Yeah. So this did, I guess, come out at a good time. Yeah, like it came out with a lot when a lot of behemoths were getting their steamrolling going. Yeah, it had it had definitely had a lot of unique uh, competition to it as far as shooters went. Well, I guess they had games to compete with, like Quake and Call of Duty and Battlefield, an Unreal Tournament at the time too. Um, I'm just looking at the launches for 2005 in the first-person shooter genre, and it's like Fear would have been another big competition for the horror aspect. I thought uh, the third Unreal Tournament came out around that time. Did not? Uh, the list I'm going through quickly, I don't see it, but it could have. Oh. Uh, so. Uh, like I said, though, there was a lot of shooters. Like, I don't want to say it was oversaturated because they all had like very different mechanics to them, but in a way. But... Uh... PS2 shooters were janky. Like, in general, unless you had some sort of aim assist, they are janky. And that's the one thing this game, I feel, is missing. Is a little bit of an aim assist. (laughs) I remember, like, uh, like, when somebody's right in front of you and you're afraid and then you panic, you fire, like, seven shots right next to her ear. <laughs> or you just hold down that trigger with your pistol and you just rams on that hammer. <laughs> and every single bullet misses. Yeah. <laughs> every single bullet misses, it runs up, it stabs you in the shoulder. Yeah. And the nice part about this game, too, was there was a variation on missions, so it wasn't always just running through a level and shooting guys. You got the horse levels and levels where you got the Gatling gun. Like, Yeah, oh, man. I actually really liked the horse levels. It just They felt really good among, like, stages that force you to go on a linear path and just shoot enemies. Like, <laughs> in that kind of fashion, I think it was really good because you could utilize the horses for cover, right? Not just that, it was almost like a breath from all that running through action gunplay. Because once they introduce you to the double jump, things get a little more claustrophobic. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, they do. Yeah, I get what you mean for just the freedom of movement and not being those like cramped coffin like spaces. Yeah, you know, you should be used to if you're a vampire, but yeah. No, you're a vampire, but this game throws you in some fucking daylight levels. Yeah, yeah. They're like, oh yeah, you remember how you're half human still? Well, here's none of your powers and twice the difficulty. Have fun! (laughs) Exactly. And the difficulty of this game was pretty high. Like, even playing on normal, you will die. Oh, for sure. For sure, man. Like, because like, you also have damage properties too. It isn't just like, you take one set of damage for your whole body the enemies can snipe you in the head and if they do you die you're just gone yeah i remember because that was like one of the worst things too like the level i was talking about before where all the snipers spawn on the cliff side is that if you're out in the open when that happens they'll just look at you and hit you once and you're gone it's just like oh (laughs) well (laughs) and so without kind of spoiling it Another interesting part was even though there was a reputation system, we still had two endings 
but your reputation didn't matter up until the end. Yeah, really. Like, but I was gonna say the original Mass Effect. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you have a bunch of choices, but in the end, it doesn't matter. <laughs> because at the end of this game, you get you just choose what side you want to be with, and yeah, you know, I, I maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll do a bit of a spoiler cast for those endings. Yeah, at the very end here because uh, they're, they're pretty interesting. No, yeah, actually, I'm glad you actually brought that up because I was thinking back to it. Yeah, none of that stuff mattered. Like, you could go through and every person who was like, please help me, you could just gank them. And then at the end, you're like, I choose the side of good. But what about those people you murdered? The side of good. <laughs> exactly. It, it's just like, well, you should have almost tied it to that reputation system. So I had to play yeah. through, force me to play through with those other powers just to experience that. You know, yeah, <laughs> uh, that's so great too. It's like, you know what? That's why I really actually wish this game got a sequel because there was so much they could have improved on and made better with the sequel that they just didn't. And like, it's Capcom. Capcom could have easily, well, I won't, I don't want to say they could have easily made a sequel, but they are a g- big company, right? It would have definitely been a possibility if it did well enough. And I think it's unfortunate that we couldn't get like a dark watch too. Well, maybe both his eyes would go red, you know? <laughs> so Capcom was the publisher company. It didn't actually make the game. The yeah, game I know, was made like, by um, High Moon. Yeah, but... I know. But like with the publisher company uh, of Capcom, you know, backing it and with how good the experience was for me, I think it definitely could have had sequel potential where they could, if they were to fund that. Well, doing my research into the game and stuff, they actually did plan on making a sequel, but it got canceled in 2007. And there's actually oh, wow. a film adaptation that's still in development hell. Oh, really? Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Like, still in development? When did yes. it start? Uh, probably <laughs> back in, like, 2006, 2007. Oh, no. Yeah. The expectations, man. <laughs> <laughs> the expectations are probably none now. So. Well, it's still in development. We'll get it. <laughs> well, right. I mean, it's probably trying to get the funding for it. And that's what they mean by in development, right? <laughs> Just reworking the scripts and trying to make something that they think is going to sell and somebody's going to back. Yeah. That would be really cool, though, just after all these years, like Dark Watch. Everybody's like, oh, wow, this is so cool. And then Dark Watch 2. <laughs> well, see, and unfortunately, like the company, like uh, High Moon Studio, is still active today. They're just doing work with Call of Duty. Yeah. So it wouldn't be hard for them to switch and make another Dark Watch, especially since they were behind the Deadpool game. Yeah, that's true, too. That would be really cool to see now, like, with all the experience they got through making different types of games. Like, what, I wonder what they would put in for new powers and stuff. Or maybe some of that crude ho- comedy from Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, you just stick a straw in somebody's head and start drinking them, like... <laughs> <laughs> so, I... Uh... I don't know what else we can say about this game without getting into spoilers. I know. I like so, there is one scene I kind of wanted to talk about, but it is spoilery. So 
what do we want to write this out of? Because I want some ambiguous rating system. And right now I can only think of eight or 10 for the powers, but that's just, that's boring. That's boring. I don't know. Like if I were to rate this game for like with cutting all my nostalgia and childlike thunder out, I would probably give it a good like seven vampires out of 10. Seven vampires out of 10. Yeah. I, I think yeah. I'm right along with you about seven, 7.5. 7. You know, it, it was an enjoyable experience. Just I suck at fucking shooters. I'm a fucking pussy. <laughs> I hate horror, you know. So for, for me, just that's two big points off right there. And then just they needed some kind of aim assist. Yeah, I think I think, though, like not having the aim assist on it. Enhance the difficulty. Not not even not even that enhance the horror. Because like imagine, man, like every other game that gives you aim assist, you're like, oh, like say Resident Evil, that not really gives you well, it, the older ones just aimed right at them, but uh, that did give you aim assist, you're like, okay, I'm safe, I'm aimed at them. Where this one is like, all right, I'm aimed at them. <laughs> oh crap, I panicked. Fear intensifies. I panic. <laughs> And then they just run up to you and you're still shooting into the air. (laughs) All right. So we will be getting into the spoilers. So if you don't want to hear them, please leave and enjoy the outro. We're getting into the spoilers in three, two, one. All right. So anything you want to say spoiler wise? All right. So, um, you, you said you have or haven't beat the entire game yet. Like you've watched, you've, you've watched some cutscenes, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. I've so you'll you'll, you'll know what you'll know what I'm talking about then. All right. So what? I, okay. So the first way I was actually able to play this game like on my own because how my buddy brought it to me, he rented it for like a day and then he brought it over when you know video game rentals were still a thing. Yep. Yep. Yeah. In those old times, and so when we were. Uh, trying to beat the game we didn't actually have money to rent anything but we would get like a tootie from our parents and there was luckily there was this dude that ran a shop down in uh our hometown that was like you come in you pay the dude two dollars and he had a bunch of tvs set up with systems and you would play the game for like half an hour an hour on those systems so we would like go there pay him like a toonie every day to play these games and eventually beat it wow. so there was this one scene with this girl named Tala, I'm sure. Talia, you remember. Yeah. Um, and what ends up happening is uh, you end up sleeping with her. So the so we ended up seeing this scene in the shop. So like, it, first off, it starts me and my friend watching the scene where they sleep together, and we're just like looking at it. And then like two other kids that look and see what's happening, and they come over and start looking at it. And you hear like the noises because you know nobody has headphones. And all the shop owner goes, "Is hey, 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 turn it down." <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's like a whole childhood scene for another reason, but <laughs> yeah. See, I always love just going into the some guy owns it and just has a bazillion old games in there yeah. selling them for toonies and five dollars and they just, don't even just, have the right cases <laughs> no, you just go in there to look at them you don't even buy anything and he's just some old creep 
been. <laughs> <laughs> you're like in a sense of wonder for all the games, but then you're like kind of creeped out. You're like, all right, maybe I should just get a game and leave. <laughs> yeah. And, and so the ending is like choosing good or bad. Like bad, you just you say fuck it and take over the world, and you know, <laughs> you, you kill Lazarus and become him. Yeah. Oh man, that, yeah, that that's awesome. It's just like, hi, Lazarus, yoink. Yeah. <laughs> wow, you're right. I did have a purpose. <laughs> and I don't remember what the good ending is right the second. Probably something lame like, oh, you saved the world, and Lazarus is dead, no, and all the vampires. I'm, I'm pretty no. I'm pretty sure with the good ending, what happens is if you don't take the powers. Uh, Lazarus, you still kill Lazarus and he like pops to the ground dead. But then Tala comes and she takes Lazarus's power, and then you have to like go and fight her to save the world. And something to do with Cassidy's soul being released. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, how how did you feel when she got ganked? I Just, felt it was a little too early. Like, yeah, right. And you know, it was like right off the bat, and then they're like, "Hey, do you want to eat her?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're like, here, <laughs> here, have a snack. <laughs> like, it was the most random thing ever. It's like, oh, yeah, she's dead. Do you want to eat her now? Eat up. You're a vampire. Like, you need to eat. And if you choose no, it's like, you're going to starve. You know, you need to eat. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, you kind of need this, bro. And I love it. It's like the best way to be like, all right, t- the tutorial's over. You don't need this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like this game was just, it was an enjoyable experience. And, you know, thanks for showing it to me. Yeah, no problem, dude. I thought for sure, like, when you first contacted me about this podcast, and you were like, yo, I need some, like, nostalgic games of yours that, like, are really interesting. I'm like, oh, boy, do I got a snapper for you. Yeah. <laughs> like, rub my hands together. I can't wait to learn to play this and just tell me what he thinks. <laughs> oh, it was a great experience. Um, aside from me being a pansy and the janky PS2 first-person shooters, like, it was great. Yeah. The, the story all in all, like, was excellent. Yeah. So, like I said, like I think for horror games, being a pansy about it and not liking them makes them better because you get scared easier. Exactly. Like, it's like, like I turn on my Z4 and get to the village there and I know I'm going to be overwhelmed and I'm like, oh, my anxiety is uh, almost at peak capacity. <laughs> if you, if you want to just cure your horror anxiety for games, go uh, play a Silent Hill game or in Resident Evil 4, go shoot the water. Yeah. anyways you will hear me on the outro thank you for joining us and i hope that you're definitely on again well i mean you are you have one coming up so (laughs) yeah i'll see everybody later i hope i wasn't too incoherent and on research but hey i'll try You know, I gotta say, great job, man. Thank you for coming on and doing this. Like, that episode went so well. It went better than I ever could have planned. You knew 
everything about this game. Your story about Red was absolutely fantastic. And I gotta say, I can't wait for the next episode with you. With that being said, thank all of you for listening to another episode here on the Next Gen Podcasts. I am Joey, your host, and I appreciate all the support, and I thank you for everything. You know, keep up with those likes and those follows, and share us on Twitter. Come follow us. We'll follow you back. It's at Next Gen Podcasts. Um, just, we'll be back on. We'll uh, do another episode here in hopefully two weeks. I'm not going to spoil what it is, because right now I'm unsure. I have it planned somewhere. It's just not in front of me. This is some uh, great podcasting here. It was an absolute pleasure doing this, and uh, go play some Smash. That's it, everybody. See you in the next one. Thank you.